You're listening to That's the Industry Podcast, episode number four. Today, I sat down with fellow friend and team member. She is such a wealth of knowledge. She also happens to be my publicist. And we talk about so many things. One of the things we talk about is why you need one in your corner. Also, we're going to address the fake influencer marketing that's kind of going around in the industry right now. And we're also going to talk about how to get access to celebrities and get paid to do brand deals. Here we go. You're listening to That's the Industry with Thomas Jordan. That's the Industry with Thomas Jordan. The podcast that takes you inside all the aspects of the entertainment industry directly from the people who are making it happen. And now, your host, Thomas Jordan. What's going on, everyone? Thomas Jordan here. I'm taking a different spin into the industry. Normally, you see me on the red carpet, but I'm bringing you as much value as I possibly can today. We're sitting here with Casey Peterson of Casey Peterson Public Relations. Now, if you're in the entertainment business, you know PR is a must in this industry and I want to hear everything about it. I want to know how you got started. Absolutely. So this summer we'll be going into our second year. Um, It all started basically working nine to five corporate for 10 plus years, Mm -hmm. realizing I always played publicist for different companies and there wasn't ever a defined role to really execute what I was trying to do and connect the dots for partnerships, press, media, events. Um, So I really developed a true passion for it. And it honestly just grew from there to where I was like, hey, let me start my own company. Let me try to take on some people freelance and see how this goes. Here I am two years later, eight clients later, and it's been a whirlwind. All right, so how how long did it finally take you to realize that after doing PR for everybody else that Mm -hmm. you could do it yourself? I would say probably when I was finishing college, I was going to school and I was studying public relations as Mm -hmm. it was and trying to really correlate what I was studying with what I was doing for a living, no matter what it was, whether I was working in a restaurant, working at a front desk of a hotel and concierge, I always found myself managing the social media accounts, planning the events, working with partnerships in the area. So it was probably about, I would say around 2013, 14, and then I launched the company in 2017. Yep. Is it awesome working for yourself? It <laughs> is. answer to somebody. It is, but you know, what I want to preach to anyone trying to be a self-starter and own your own company is, although you're not having to go into an office setting and work a nine to five, you are constantly working. My phone might turn off and I might have a full day of peace. Mm-hmm. And then between seven and 10 o'clock, it's going, going, going. Or a Saturday night is spent handling emails or hosting an event for a client versus a night out on the town like you would if you had the weekends off from a job. So I will say it is a lot of dedication. Your 40 hour week might be an 80 hour week. And mm-hmm. it's hard to track what is work and what is, you know, just going along with the territory of it. So I think that's something that's been challenging, but it's also super exciting and why I love doing what I do. And you, you're kind of taking over Atlanta. You've got uh, a bunch of great clients. You work with a lot of, uh, like a lot of production work here. How did you start doing that? So I noticed when the Georgia film started booming and a lot of extras casting and things, I just said, let me get my feet wet, see what this is all about. I went on a few different sets, just doing general background, trying to get a feel for what was going on. And although I didn't necessarily like that environment, I always said there was something missing in regards to really giving a footprint to the production companies here in Atlanta, or just connecting the dots to the publics here for screenings, for events, and also the location. So one of my biggest clients is Atlanta Movie Tours, which Mm -hmm. their entire company is 
movie locations here mm -hmm. with Georgia Film. And luckily, it's been fortunate enough, it's been booming to where they have to constantly set up new routes, new location, new tour settings, and it's beyond just that one show or that one movie. There's a whole arsenal that they can offer. So it's been super fun. And also working for people behind the camera, setting up the, the lines of communication for media as well as production to the person who's in front of the camera for the main star or the actor. I was going to say because in LA it's super saturated like getting on the like dealing with media in general is just it is super hard. I can only imagine what it's like to be you in your position. Even here, does you, do you just get like flooded with phone calls and emails? I would say it's pretty sporadic. I know, you know, on top of Georgia Film, we just hosted the Super Bowl. So that was mm, kind of- Just the Super Bowl. I, yeah, just the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> That's when I had to kind of just be like, okay, really sit down and hone in. I mean, I was getting calls from different time zones. Everyone media wise was flying in to cover the event. On top of that, we have entertainment, personalities, actors, athletes everyone wanting to engage and do activations through the NFL. So one of my clients actually hosted NFL and the Skyview Atlanta Ferris wheel converted each gondola into a helmet from the NFL teams. So that involved a lot of NFL press. <laughs> so for me, working as director of PR, managing that line of communication, it was such a fun experience. And I always say you never, or you never really know what you're doing until you're putting a situation where you have absolutely no clue what you're doing. And yeah. you really have to learn on your feet and really grow from that. So now I can say, hey, I'm not only versed in this line of communication or that aspect of PR, I've helped run PR for the NFL and during Super Bowl. So it's pretty cool. You never know what you're gonna get into and that's probably the, the best part of it all. And are there other companies here in Atlanta that may be a little, cause would you consider yourself like a boutique? PR agency? Yes. So yes. are there so are there bigger agencies in Atlanta that do they reach out to you? Do you guys all work together or is it like a click thing or how does it work? I would say 50-50. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had great experiences partnering and collaborating with other PR agencies. My biggest, you know, it's my tagline in my company is getting the PR party started. So my thing is, is when you're giving someone content or you're providing a client and you're trying to really work with what they're working to push, it just makes sense for everyone involved. So some of the larger agencies I've had the great pleasure of working with, um, I have some fan favorites in the area, I won't say names, but <laughs> you know, really awesome partners and you know, just to help get the message out there and help push our clients to the next level. You know, it's not about the PR company or the publicist behind it, it's the brand that we're pushing. So I've always learned just to take a back seat and put all of my eggs in the basket of my client to push them forward. So I think that's probably the best part of it all too. And being on the press side as well, I almost, in my experience, I almost look at public relations as like a middleman, like if whatever event you're trying to cover has to either go through PR, marketing, or an agent or manager, is that what it's like here in Atlanta? Absolutely, yeah. So I always recommend, regardless of who you are, if you're a big business, if you're an individual freelance, having a middleman to communicate the message. So I work and I play that line of publicist for pretty much every client. Um, I always say refer to myself like your, you know, PR attorney in the sense, mm -hmm. like my cards in your pocket. If you're getting an inquiry or you want to submit yourself or pitch yourself and don't do it yourself get someone else to do it it looks so much better coming from someone else than it will from you like no offense to anyone but uh, no it's it okay better. no fit it no fish for your sake because yeah. i got you yeah, but um <laughs> it really does it truly makes a difference and even for me in pr sometimes like having an associate pitch my company versus me pitch my company makes a world of a difference you having that credibility of, oh, this is the person, and here's someone else who is obviously pitching and rooting for this person, having the proper press kit to pitch, having the proper branding behind yourself, whether you're an individual or a business is very important. 
because I know you said going through yours is probably because I'm old school. So as you're <laughs> yeah. saying, I was like, maybe I should change my game up a little bit because like with me, it's just especially in L.A. where it's really hard to get in touch with some of these people or mm -hmm. to get access to basically anything. Mm -hmm. So it's like I've almost I've had to like literally go through if I want to get somewhere, I'm like sliding into DMs on <laughs> Instagram. I'm emailing, I'm calling LinkedIn, like yeah. doing what I can because it's it's tough because I can only imagine the inquiries they're getting. And right. it's like I get lost in the mix. Yeah. And sometimes that, that can work. I mean, honestly, with the digital age, sliding in someone's DMs, mm. professional or not. I mean, it, it works for it's some people. <laughs> yeah. it's it, it does work. Yeah. But um, I will say a big part for me is just doing your research. So mm. I'll look at the biggest business the biggest dog in the game, the biggest partnership you can think of. And I don't think, oh, this person would never partner. Oh, I don't chicken out. Mm -hmm. I'm not scared to call the 1-800 number and sit through five different lines I'm to get to the it, person. Yeah. I'm not afraid to, you know, go straight, straight through a media kit from 2015, trying to track down who's that director, where's the contact, like you said, engage you on LinkedIn. <laughs> I'll go, I'll go yeah. through and just, because to me, if you go into it blindly, you're not going to get anywhere. Sometimes it just might work out that way, but um, that's probably probably an, another thing that I love about it is even if you haven't necessarily established a connection with that contact at a networking event or through a prior business engagement, going online and really doing the research like, oh, this is this is the contact, this is what they do, this is who they manage, and this is the office I need to get in touch with you. It doesn't matter what network you're calling. You can get to the biggest person in the biggest office mm -hmm. if you go down the you right. Know, you yeah. have to pave your own path for that. So I love it. No, it's it's tough because smaller outlets like myself and others like it's it's a big numbers game right mm -hmm. now. Do P do PR agents or like I know you've I know you do your own thing and you've worked with other bigger agencies, but do they kind of see through like the whole Instagram thing that's going on right now where everybody, you know, it's like this person could have 100,000 followers and be verified, but then you look at their engagement and it's yeah. You know, like, yeah. is, is everybody starting to catch on? Because I'm really hoping because it's a lot of yeah. people are, I've noticed a lot of people are getting opportunities for uh, not the best reasons. Right. No, I, I'm 100% with you. And one thing in PR is always being ethical and transparent. Mm -hmm. So if I'm researching, I'm doing the backlinks on your site, I'm looking at your SEO, your engagement, I'm looking at those followers and that that amount of likes or amount of commentary, I'm like, oh, something's missing here. Something's not clicking for this person. Um, to me, it is fading out. Some people are looking into it and being like, uh, no, not for me. Um, but unfortunately, with the way the market works, a lot of people are just catching on to the social media trend and they're just catching on to the social media game. So businesses are more likely to bite for that not so influential influencer because mm -hmm. they're not necessarily aware. And that's where I'm saying the PR professional is necessary in that regard as well, to kind of sift through the list of people wanting to engage. And hey, anyone could be an influencer. Anyone can engage their own audience. It's just a matter of what your return on investment is into that influencer. Mm -hmm. If it's 5,000 followers and five comments, and you know that for those five comments, all five of them are gonna come purchase your product or come engage at your event, then great. If it's five million followers, 500 comments, and maybe two engage, I mean, you know, yeah. it, it kind of adds up and you really do, I always say it's kind of a run for the mill in the sense of testing each one out. So if you have a hesitation or you're not quite sure, renegotiating what they're wanting to do with your brand and kind of just sampling their service mm -hmm. and then 
based on the engagement you get from that, being like, hey, we love what you did. We actually want to come in and offer blank, blank, blank to have this be a collaboration going forward. I think that's a very smart move as well. But I 100% agree with what you said. And it's definitely concerning and it's unfortunate. And I hope it does phase phase out. <laughs> it's like on one hand, like a, I got 10 years of experience here, mm -hmm. but my social's nowhere near as some fitness right. model who, right. yeah, yeah, we won't go there, but <laughs> yeah, no, it's just tough. So how, but how can somebody with like a smaller following or micro influencer mm -hmm. get access to some of these, whether they want to do an interview mm -hmm. or they want to cover a certain event, like how do they get a, a small, how does a smaller person get access to something like that? I would say re regardless of your size, making sure you're branded on all aspects. So all of your social media, your website, your channels are cohesive with what you're trying to pitch and you have to tie it to what makes sense for that company. Mm -hmm. So if you're a lifestyle influencer and you cover makeup reviews, why would a hotel want to endorse and claim your stay and have you engage at their hotel property? They don't sell makeup there. What, where's the, I, where's I, their I, engagement going to come from? So if no. you're trying to tie the two together, you have to be PR savvy and awesome. connect those dots and get the PR party started in the sense of, hey, this you have to kind of spell it out for some people. Some people are gonna immediately see your pitch or immediately see your channels and say, we wanna work with him or her. We wanna engage with their brand. Some people are gonna need a little bit more convincing. And it comes into that part, no matter what your influence is, micro, macro, that you can mm -hmm. sit there and say, hey, you know, this is my channel, this is what I do, and this is where I can see us return working together, and this is the return of investment that I can guarantee. And then sometimes, you know, based on what you're trying to push, I would recommend boosting or sponsoring your own posts, engaging, making sure those numbers are there, because you really need to prove that engagement to, yes, and have the return on investment. And I always say, comp out your numbers. So if t it takes however much time of you to formulate a blog or a vlog or a post on your social media and take that photo shoot that you're gonna use for content compared to what you're getting from that company. So mm -hmm. if it normally would cost you $300, but you're trying to get a $1,200 staycation hmm. well we need to we need no, to meet no, somewhere no, yeah. <laughs> something needs to happen with that return otherwise they're just throwing money at the wind and Hoping not many stays, yeah so. and not many people are gonna abide by that so really unfortunately you know it's a mix mix between macro micro and what people can and can't get and i see it all the time with certain influencers where i'm just like oh no, someone fell into the trap. Yeah. <laughs> but, and then I see it with others where I'm just like, oh my gosh, I tell people all the time who would never consider themselves influencers. I, you're very influential. You have a message, you have a platform, and you have an engaging audience. Mm -hmm. That is something that money can't buy, mm -hmm. regardless of the bots, regardless of the followers, regardless of the blue check. To me, it's the engagement. If you can genuinely say, hey, I'm gonna get X amount of people to show up and, and engage with you, that's priceless to where that difference, I think really says for itself. And I'm glad you mentioned it because that was another thing as far as like, cause there's Facebook and Instagram ads. Mm -hmm. So it's like myself, like as of now, I'm like right under 2000, I think on Instagram mm -hmm. or whatever. But I know if I run an ad on Instagram and mm -hmm. Facebook, you could, you could, you know, $5, $20 here. Right. I know the views and the engagement can easily go through the roof, Right. but how, if I were to tell that to a PR company, are they going to understand that? It's like, hey, this is what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I'm going to boost these and then I can show you the numbers. And is mm -hmm. it kind of like they might, like one company may have to kind of take a risk mm -hmm. on you. Just be like, hey, I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. I know my numbers aren't where you need them to be, but I'm going to boost it. Mm -hmm. This is what's going to happen. And I'll report back to you as soon as everything's done. Would they be okay with that? Or is that a like 
you don't know. That's kind of like rolling the dice. I feel like each each pitch is different. Each mm -hmm. partnership and collaboration differs in that regard. Um, but if you are going to invest your own money and you are going to get that en engagement through a boosted post or sponsored post on Facebook or mm -hmm. Instagram, I would relay that to your partner. Because to me, if I were coming in and I'm doing a partnership with you and then I saw that it was boosted and that wasn't a part of our agreement, I would think these are paid engagements that we mm -hmm. did not agree upon. So being transparent about that from the jump and say, you know, hey, I'm not necessarily 10 million follower, you know, Mr. you know, blank, 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 mm -hmm. but I'm going to offer you all of this. And just to make sure we hit that major engagement, I'm going to go ahead and invest my own money and allocate X, Y, or whatever. If you want to disclose a number, I just say avoid it. Yeah. You don't necessarily want to say, hey, I'm putting in five bucks or hey, I'm putting yeah. in 500. Yeah. I would just say that you're going to invest to ensure that it reaches the X mm. number of engagement um, to cover that difference. So, hey, I only have 5,000 followers, but I'm going to invest in engagement on a sponsored post and I'm going to ensure we're seen by 10,000 viewers. Mm -hmm. So, hey, there, there's your difference. Yeah. I'm making it up for you. And I'm taking one less thing off of your plate as the person collaborating. Because mm -hmm. to me, people who are collaborating, the one thing that they're doing is providing to you what you're asking, right? So do you, they should not be relied upon to further engage your audience. Mm -hmm. That's your job. So you don't want them having or relying on you to repost or reshare. No, that's, that's your job. So you want to be able to come through and say, hey, this is the amount of followers. This is what I can give you and stick with it. If it's more than great. You know, mm -hmm. then that's it. You're not worried about going lesser than, you know. So, well, first, like you said, it's almost like the world of spin because first you got to spin it, mm -hmm. then you got to get it approved. Mm -hmm. And then once it does, it, I feel like that first interaction, if you deliver, mm -hmm. you it's almost like you have to deliver at that point because right. if you do, then that builds the relationship and you mm -hmm. can get further events and right. maybe get access to something that nobody else does. Mm -hmm. And that's something too with engagement and influencers. I always look to see if an influencer re-engages with a product or a company because that is a very telltale sign of how good they were at the mm -hmm. initial collaboration. Obviously some things, if you're flying across the country and engaging and mm -hmm. that's a one and done type of scenario but especially if it's a local restaurant or beauty aesthetics or maybe a hotel chain you should be engaging on numerous accounts whether all of them were paid endorsements or not that should be you're signing up to be an influencer of that brand mm -hmm. for countless times you know if you're a hotel and you're putting up a stay and you're doing a staycation and they're gonna blog and vlog and then after the weekend stay they don't talk to you again they don't engage on your social channels and they don't mention your spot again that's not good. You know, to me, mm -hmm. you're getting the influencer for for end of time because they're going to come in and love your product and they're going to speak highly of you, not mm -hmm. just come in, cash in a stay or a collaboration. See you later until next time. So I think that's a big point, too, to kind of take note of for sure. Yeah, And when you're reaching out, what is like the best way to reach out to somebody in PR? Like we t I know there's um like media kit or media kits, but a mm -hmm. lot of people don't know what those are. Mm -hmm. Like, is it media kits every time or is mm -hmm. it depend? You've got to kind of cater something different to depending on the event. I always, I curate a media kit from the jump for my clients just mm -hmm. to have it in. I don't care if you're an attraction or an individual, if you're a musician, an actor, a media host, I create a media kit because I want to have something on writing or on paper, just mm -hmm. in writing to showcase you, put you on a platform. The less clicking, the better. If a person's opening my email pitch and they have to go click to find your social media, click to find what you do, what your channels are, they're not going to do it. 
Especially, like you said, if you're going to that info at blank, trying to get someone to pay attention, you're not grabbing anyone's attention. Instead, they're thinking, what's all this work that I have to do to figure out who this is? Versus here's a PDF attachment, boom, or a Google Drive link, yeah. boom, one click, and you open up to everything that you would need, a full arsenal on that person. That pitches itself. Because to me, if they're not gonna work with you because of your 5,000 followers, then that's fine. If they are considering working with you regardless of your followers, then they click into that kit or they click into that link and they see, wow, we love his, you know, his production quality. We love this, we love that. Then you're sold. There's nothing more to it. That's it. So I highly recommend having a media kit with PR companies. Everyone's different. I think typically if you're going in and you're utilizing a publicist or you're utilizing a company, they should be the one turning over that kit for you. Mm -hmm. They're the one in charge of producing it, not you. Obviously, you have to provide certain materials to them, like a demo or a sizzle reel, things to that effect if, based on what you do. Um, but yes, I definitely no matter who you are, media mm -hmm. kit. That's where DMs go out of the question because yeah. you can't attach something. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> so in all honesty, pure honesty, when I reached out to you to do this interview, mm -hmm. how much deep diving did you do? I did a lot of deep diving. Did you? Yeah, right. I, I, another good thing in a media kit, your uh -huh. email signature. Yeah. yeah, so if I look in your signature and I can find any links, mm -hmm. nine times out of 10, I'm gonna click into every single link. I'm gonna make sure there's no you know, broken links, there's no broken mm -hmm. pages. I'm checking grammar, I'm checking engagement, I'm, check, I'm looking just to scope it out. And it's not necessarily a good or a bad or I'm prying for anything or um, trying to find something. You're just looking, for, just looking for red, red flags. Right. right, and that's something too with the digital age today, you kind of have to do. And yeah. especially with influencer marketing and things like that, social media, I think that companies are getting more aware of that. So again, if you're providing a whole foundation of here's me, here is my brand, here is my message, invest in me and this is what you get. That's all they need. If yeah. you're just saying, hey, I kind of want this thing for free and I kind of might sort of provide this <laughs> and this is kind of sort of who I am, no one wants to hear that. Yeah. No, it doesn't matter how many followers you have. And like I said, having the middleman to communicate a message and pitch you makes you look that much better. Because mm -hmm. if someone else who's putting their name on the line to push you, so even if it is a yes or a no, it's not a slap to your face, it's mm -hmm. a slap to your PR person's face. Yeah. So I take, I take a lot of hits for that kind of thing. <laughs> um, but again, it's a, it's a great, it even motivates me because I think about I'm being trusted with this brand. And mm -hmm. most of the time a business is like a baby to someone. Mm -hmm. So being trusted to represent them or the individual is a huge honor in my regard. And all I want to do is pitch, you know, pitch as much as I can yeah. and turn it right back around to be like, here you go. And then on top of that, pr proving that cross-promotion or collaboration to the party involved, the person who partnered. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to come back to that company and say, hey, this is what me and my client were able to provide and this was the engagement or this was the amount of people who showed up and engaged with your brand. And that way, the door is always open. Mm -hmm. And nine times out of 10, most of those partners are like, wow, we need a PR person here yeah. <laughs> because you helped us. Wins. Right, and yeah. to me, it's, it's, it's always a revolving door. Um, and it's another reason too why I don't have a niche I don't niche in a specific realm because I want to always keep that door revolving. I don't want to say, no, that's not really my thing. Mm -hmm. Now, there are obviously certain things that I don't necessarily take on just because yeah. they are not my thing. I get reached out to numerous times from book authors who mm -hmm. want to do book tours and want to do junkets and things like that pro promoting their book. 
hey, that's amazing, but I'm not a publishing company. I have no experience in that. So it would not be ethical for me to take on that person yeah. as a client. So typically I'll say, you know, good luck to you. Here's a link of publishers and uh, contacts in your area who specialize in this. Because if I can't do it, you know, I'm not gonna even waste their time or mine in that regard. Yeah. So. And if, P so if, and I know, I'm trying to think because like somebody smaller, is it, mm -hmm. would you say it's pretty wise to hire a public relations company to try to like just get their outside view as far as branding, what you need to do and how you can be like distributed depending on what you do? Absolutely. I would say if, you know, some people obviously you've gone to school or you've been educated mm -hmm. in your field and you already know what it takes to to get that message across to someone. And maybe you are truly just a self-starter who wants to personally get on the phone and say, hey, this is me, this is what I wanna do, wanna, let's do this, you know? Um, that's fine, but I just say, having that extra sense of representation is basically a security blanket for mm -hmm. you and for the party involved working as a middleman. Um, but also in that same respect, I do recommend um, contacting a PR company that you see other clients and you think, I like what they're doing with them. Mm. So if you're looking at a company's website and you see they represent, you know, McDonald's or yeah. something, and then you go to McDonald's page and you're like, oh, this looks terrible. Mm -hmm. This is not well done. Don't reach out to them. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're probably not gonna represent you well either. Yeah. Um, so to me, you know, I go from representing literally a Ferris wheel attraction in downtown Atlanta to a media host on a red carpet. So it's kind of hard to a, get that to correlate for some people, yeah. but B, you know, what I love is that you'll go look at that Ferris Wills website, social media, and any type of press I've done about them, and you will know, dang, that was done well, or I'd hope so. And then you think, if she could do that for them, mm -hmm. she could definitely work with me, or, you know, just really analyzing that too, and scoping too, like I said, you said, I'm a boutique agency. I consider myself that way. I always say I'm not the PR firm. I'm not the big mm -hmm. office with the, the cool ping pong table. I'm literally the girl like working hard for your stuff. And I have a team. It's a very small team, but I think that sells itself. Yes, yeah. it sells itself. I never want to have a whole bunch of people in cubicles running. That works for some people. It just personally won't work for me. Um, and I do think if you're an individual seeking PR or a company, you really have to look at that in retrospect too of who do you want to hand your brand over to? Mm -hmm. Who do you want, like, do you want to be able to only get in touch between nine to five, Monday through Friday, through a team, helping run your campaign? Or do you want to be able to personally call? That's why I say I work as a publicist regardless of who you are. Like, mm -hmm. I'm a publicist to that Ferris wheel just as much as I'm a publicist to the actors. Like, yeah. that's, it works the same. <laughs> and we talked a lot about getting, like, access to some of these events, because, mm -hmm. like, some of them are super cool, like the Super Bowl, the movie oh, junkets, yeah. everything like that. Everything's just, like, super flashy. Um, but what about working with PR? Is there a way to monetize as well? Because I see, especially with small creators, mm -hmm. like, everybody's kind of a one-man band, and getting right. access is one giant hurdle to get over. But right. then to like possibly monetize it, do you do that as well? Yeah, I would say so. It, it varies based on yeah. the person. So I do say like there's some things you just want to be a part of for the exposure. It's mm -hmm. good PR for them, but it's even better PR for you to even be in the room. So there's mm -hmm. some times where I'm just basically 
lifting the velvet rope for mm -hmm. someone. Yeah. But then there's other times where it could be like, hey, not only are you in that environment, you're being paid to be there and you're being cross-promoted on these huge channels. That to me is something that is tricky and it depends on the partner. It depends mm -hmm. on who you're working with. Um, and as well as like even you investing in me to get you there. I always see it as, well, obviously you're investing in my time to pitch you to get you to this point. Now, when you get to this point, what are you wanting returned back for that investment. Some people are saying, you know, hey, I'm just excited to be there and I wanna cover this or I just wanna participate, then great. Some people say, well, in order to make all that make sense for me, I need to cash out X amount of dollars. So to me, it's just being transparent and understanding what you're wanting from all of those partnerships before the pitch even begins. Sometimes I get the most random pitches come to me mm -hmm. and then I pitch them to the client. Hey, this is what such and such wants to do. This is going to be the breakdown. This is the budget. This is, would you want to do it? Sometimes if you're just drawn and it's something you're passionate about and it makes sense for your company or your mm -hmm. branding, it's like, yes, sign me up. I'll be there for free. I'll be there for 10 hours. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Get me in. And then other times it's like, well, for that, I'm going to have to require a little Something. It's like, I got this power bill here. It ain't going to pay itself. Right. So everything is a little bit different and it just varies. I will say because of certain markets are just so saturated, mm -hmm. it's a matter of just getting in the room. Um, and sometimes I'll even say to people, hey, just because you're going to get this feature, just because you're going to lock down that interview doesn't necessarily make sense for your brand. Mm -hmm. Do you need it? PR is PR. It's good. You've heard there's no such thing as bad PR. Yeah. But I mean, to me, there is a such thing as wasting someone's time, mm -hmm. whether it's the client's time or the partnership that we're working with. So just trying to avoid that from the jump, being honest and transparent, not only with your publicist or your PR team that you're working with, but with yourself of, hey, you know what? I just want to be there. I just want to play a part versus I'm looking to cash a check and this is what work I'll put in and this is what I expect to get out of it because that helps everyone gauge that from the get go. So one of my mentors said that as long as you're, it's the, he was mainly talking about when you set up interviews, because sometimes it can go awry or like, but commute would, the one thing he said is very similar to what you said is mm -hmm. communication is key. Like yep. if you're not sure, like if we were working together and I wasn't sure about something, cause I mean, honestly, like I love what I do, but mm -hmm. I want to do both. Like, yeah, yeah I'd I would have. If you would have called me and been like, hey, Thomas, we need you at the Super Bowl, yep. I would have been on the red eye, right? And I'd right. be like, we're going to do this for free. It's yeah. cool. But at some point, it's like, we need to make, we need mm -hmm. to make money because it's like, you got bills and stuff, you know? Right. So right. as long as everybody's upfront and honest, mm -hmm. I think that that's the, that's the way to go for sure. Absolutely. And especially if you're trying to build some type of foundation or real like demo of what you've done and where you've been, you, nine times out of ten you look at some of the biggest people in the game like Ryan Seacrest for example do you think if we went back circa like fresh out of college Ryan just trying to get a gig Ryan that he was cashing a check from every single thing on his sizzle reel initially no, no. he was there just to get in the room and it took that one connection that one partnership times five for a reel and it took that one reel to get him in the face and, and in the position for something like American Idol and now he's Ryan Seacrest so I feel like it's just always looking at yourself don't think three steps ahead think of now obviously you're wishing and you're wanting and you're planning for that third step but what's one and two going to look like for you and for everyone working to represent you and push you to the third step because even myself i always jump like even with a client i have to kind of be hushed because i don't want to get them too excited or unexcited about mm -hmm. something but i'm thinking 
to step 10. I'm like, this is this, this is this, this is where we're going. And I've already got 2020 and 2019 planned for this is this. That doesn't work that way. You sound just like me, because <laughs> yeah. you're like, oh, three, four, seven. I'm thinking, yeah, yeah. I keep thinking like, I'm 20 steps ahead. Right. Uh, I, uh, yeah, and I just don't, and that's interesting you say that because yeah, I'm always thinking way ahead, but Kia, and I'm curious to uh, why, why you say that's uh, super important to do. Oh yeah, well to me, it's a matter of not getting ahead of yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's as cliche as it is, you build yourself up, you build an expectation of something that's unrealistic if you don't have necessarily a roadmap of how you're gonna get there. And that's something too where people get confused with spraying and praying is what I say. <laughs> so I always joke, I joke with clients about, okay, we're gonna, we're just gonna spray these pitches out there and we're gonna hope, you know, something comes back. We're gonna just pray about this and we hope this unravels into something great. And then sometimes it's like, okay, how realistic is this chain gonna really work out? Like the, the method that is going on. And nine times out of 10, it works in the sense of, okay, this is what we're doing. This is the pitch. This is the event. This is where it'll go. But that 10th person or that one no, or that one kind of does put a, oh. And a, to me, if you're already banking on step three and four and you get the no on step two, you're gonna, you're gonna feel defeated. You know, you have to always have a plan of action and kind of like a plan A, B, and C and look at it like, okay, you know, step three and four are gonna happen. They're not happening today. What's happening today is me prepping to get there, you know, and just having faith in whatever you believe in, have faith and stick to the grid in regards to, I'm gonna get there, but I have to kind of put in my own momentum here to get to that step four versus yeah. just banking that step four is gonna happen, yeah. you know, or, oh, you know, this is gonna be so great. It, it will be so great when it's here, but it's not, you know, right. so you gotta have to, wait for it <laughs> mm -hmm. and what what are some like pr no-nos like what to not do there's so many <laughs> <laughs> what are like your top three that you see a lot that you're just like you want people to kind of know not to do i would say one of the big things for me is especially on the pr side the business side you're representing a client is the client should always be in the forefront. The, the best interest is for the client, not for you or your company. Um, so I think that sometimes when communicating with different companies and different publicists, I've noticed they're in it for mutual gain. And that's something too, like what we just talked about with steps. You don't wanna jump that gun. I love being in PR, I love doing what I'm doing. And I would love to be like an awesome uh, personality one day, like mm -hmm. Kelly Ripa, like Ryan Ziegler. I would love to be someone like that. But that's not what I'm banking on with my current situation. I'm not trying to sit here and utilize my client's success or my client's claim to fame for my own. Mm -hmm. I think that's where it gets cloudy for other people and other agencies is more of just kind of a, ooh, well, this person's gonna do good and then I get this from it. Not having that mentality. I mean, I could work with someone like a plumber. I could work with a plumber. I could work with an attorney. I could work with whoever. And I'm handling their PR and I'm helping take their brand to another level. Not out of what's Casey gonna get out of it, but what's gonna help that plumber? What's gonna help that owner? And what's gonna help them whenever I have to go to the next or they have to go to the next, be able to ed be educated on how to handle their own PR, handle, be their own publicist, you know? Mm -hmm. That's something I feel like gets a little cloudy and it could be a big no-no in the PR world. And then same thing on a client side. Some clients can be messy <laughs> and they can have really bad, yeah, they can be bad to manage. And I, I hate I hate when I see stuff like, 
you know, oh, well, you know, they have a publicist, a PR team's going to come clean it up. You know, obviously PR, you're versed in crisis management and cleaning up the mess. But I look at some people who aren't that easy to clean up after. You know, there's some there's some big public figures in the world, whether political, whether an artist, whether um, an actor, you know, and I'm like, oh, my God, that poor publicist or that poor PR person. So even as a client, always realizing that you at the end of the day are responsible for what you do and say and what you're going for, not your PR company. <laughs> you know, yeah. we're we're going to be there. And we're going to help build the blocks. And we're going to help communicate the message. We're, we're going to help clean up the mess if there is one, but not banking on. I have this PR team. So. You know, just because you have insurance doesn't mean you blow up your house. Mm -hmm. So I, that's a very big, there's a big no-no on the client side too. And, and every time I hear someone who's like, well, I fired my old people and they're crazy. I always, out of, you know, benefit of the doubt for the PR company, look into it. Because I'm like, what, what did you do? <laughs> what oh. happened here? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that's good that you, when you're a boutique agency, you mm -hmm. can kind of like pick or choose your clients and, you know, you know, to go down the rabbit hole of like who they've worked with. And if it's a mm -hmm. nightmare client, whether it's worth even even working with them, because right. you don't right. want to do I can't imagine doing damage control. No, no, that is not fun. And to me, there is not a price tag that can make that work. And obviously it comes with the territory and public relations, but it's definitely something that I try to avoid in the sense of a flight risk client that's going to damage my image, especially in entertainment. Cause you're mm. getting, you're getting further and further with your brand into the public eye. And like I said, that's not necessarily always something that you put in the forefront, but I do play my cards to where, Hey, if my brand is associated to this this brand or this individual, what are people's takeaway going to be based on how they're perceived? Well, if it's something questionable, there's something shaggy there, nine times out of 10, I'm already red flagged. And to me, I'm like I said, it's all about not wasting the client's time, but also not wasting my time or my team's time endorsing or engaging when it's like, eh. you know, I've even had issues with just communicating and having availability on schedules and ensuring, you know, a client would be at an appearance. And I'm like, well, I can't be running around and helping you help yourself. You know, mm -hmm. I'm here to help you, but I can't help you help yourself help in this situation. You. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's it's one of those, you know, that it happens few and far between. Luckily, I'm very blessed in that regard, but you know, being picky and, and choosing on both ends, whether you're the client or whether you're the publicist in regards to what you're gonna take on and what's realistic for you to manage. Gotcha. And for and also for people reaching out to get access to certain events and everything, mm -hmm. what it what is what it, we've been talking about, like what to do, but like mm -hmm. what to not do. I would say just be and transparent and what you're trying to achieve from it. Um, so everyone that's going to be reading that pitch or engaging with you is trying to figure out what their return on their investment is. So, like I said, if there's any. Um, disconnect between the numbers or what's going to make sense for them financially providing X, Y, and Z, you have to explain that in your initial pitch. If you come into it like palm out, give me, give me, give me, that's a huge red flag. It's a huge no-no, regardless of who you are. I don't care if you're the biggest, most famous anyone. If you contacted my business, something that I've worked very hard to achieve and very hard to keep a well-oiled machine out of, mm -hmm. and you're like, hey, just give this to me, for free or just do this because I'm this terrible, terrible. Don't do it. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you're filming. That's a big thing too. 
it doesn't all come for free. That person worked very hard for that. So keeping being mindful as if it were your own. And I think that's where some people misjudge and miscalculate. You get so excited. You just want to get a pitch going. You want to get in someone's DMs. You want to go message this company right off the jump. And you haven't thought through those steps on how you're going to achieve that partnership. It's not a guaranteed yes, because you are who you are. Mm -hmm. You're going to do what you're going to say you're going to do. It's a matter of filling in the blanks for that company. So if you're going to come out with your palm out to me, it's it's a red flag immediately. And I've even you know had people very influential where I've just been like, what? You want what? And immediately like just red flagged. And it's, it's unfortunate. It's not a good look. I don't care who you are. So just be mindful of that. <laughs> well, is it t when you're pitching? So like, depending on the event, because like, if you got like a six page or not six page, but like a six paragraph thing, mm -hmm. like you're not going to read all that. No. So like, how do you pitch with, how do you make it short and sweet? You know, do you tell them up front Like, this is what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. Like, what are your thoughts mm -hmm. or like, what's. Well, going back to grade school on this, you're writing your paper, right? And the teacher says, do who, what, when, where, and why. Mm -hmm. Keep it that simple on a pitch. Okay. Who who are you? What are you doing? Why are you doing it? When is it going to happen? And what do you need from us to make this happen? All spelled out. Not only that, like I said, you have to have provide some type of media kit, some type of link to back check you, because you can't go into it like, hey, I'm you know Mr. Blank from down the street, and I want to do X, Y, and Z. Well, they don't know who Mr. Blank down the street is unless you have that spelled out as well. But don't put that in the context of your message. They don't not looking for a resume or another two paragraphs about your upbringing or they don't need all that. And they don't need your most recent blog post either because they're not going to sift through mm -hmm. six more paragraphs of you talking about something that has nothing to do with them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you really have to stay to the who, what, when, where, and why specific to you and that partnership. And then I always say, if you have anything similar that you've done that was successful, mention that in your closing, like similar case studies, similar collaborations with X and Y have been very successful. And I can see the same for working with you and your company as well. Um, again, when you're going through someone else to pitch this for you, it does flow a little more smoothly in that regard versus being like, it's me and I do this and this is where I'm at. Um, but if it is, you know, just keeping it short and sweet, but also um, professional and keep being mindful of someone's time. This is like you said, someone sifting through probably 10 other inquiries for something similar or also not being intimidated. To me, that intimidation factor of please, I really want this, give me, give me, is like, who is this person? If you go into it with the confidence and you know, a lot of people, even when I pitch from my company, want to have a conference call to discuss my pitch. And I'm thinking, great, this is cool. We're in the ring. You know, I'm on the phone. That doesn't mean that we have the deal. It doesn't mean that we're, they're going to endorse my client or work with me on an event. It means now I have a person that I get to communicate on the phone with. So I, I'm always thankful when someone's willing to pick up the phone and talk to me and they didn't just trash my email or trash my pitch. Like, mm -hmm. they're genuinely interested and I've even finished phone calls and not gotten the deal but that's fine to me it's all a learning curve and a growing experience but if you're not confident or you don't have that set who what when where and why when you get on that call or when you type out that email they're gonna see right through it or they're not gonna even want to try to poke and pry and figure out what you want from them most people don't so just being mindful and having some type of game plan and what's good too is once you've done a few that same content is very much similar to what you're going to pitch to the next person. Yeah. So pulling from that same and what worked and what didn't work 
to edit that pitch for the next one. We'll really kind of give you your own system, your own verbiage, your own layout, and to where it's not so intimidating to pitch. You're like, oh, you know what? That one brand or that one event? Okay, great. That's similar to this. All I gotta do is switch this around and change this verbiage and you know, just make it more focused to their brand. Do your research too on what they've done in the past and see where, oh, clearly they like to do this within their influencers. Yeah. Or they like to have this type of media, you know, to further, you know, see that you've done your research. They're gonna really appreciate that. And you're talking about all this so that if that's if you were doing it on your own, but if right. like say a smaller company hired you, you would do all that for them. Absolutely. So the whole point with me is you're entrusting me, you're paying me, I'm using, utilizing my time to allocate that hour towards the research, towards the pitch, towards getting on that phone call, all to lead up to that, that goal. So with the goals, an event, a partnership, an endorsement, a covered story, whatever it is, so that all falls into that same ter territory. To me, the only thing I would typically require from a client is all the media up front. So Anything that you've been utilizing to pitch your brand before me, I need to see it. I need to know your links. I need to have the updated images. And nine times out of 10, I critique that too. So that way the client knows, oh, oh, okay. It's not like a harsh, like, hey, you did this wrong. It's more of a, hey, you know, just so you know, whether you're working with me or not, avoid this, enhance this, utilize this tool, you know, you know, really curate something to, for them to take away. Because that's my goal. I'm not going to realistically be working with someone for 50, the next 50 years of their professional career. And that's probably not realistic for me to think or having that client want to work with me. Obviously, maybe they want to, maybe for me, it's not gonna always be my client. So utilizing all these tools and educating along the way to where if I had to leave or they had to leave, it's not, oh my God, what am I gonna do? Now you know, you see, Casey taught you a thing or two, or like, yeah. I saw how she did this, or she actually helped me go in this regard, or she said never to do that. So just having some type of takeaway is very important. And you, you will get that with a company, no matter who you're with, I would hope. You know, yeah. if you're not, if you're not seeing anything on the back end in regards to, oh, you know, I don't really know what she does, but she just does it. Mm. You know, that's great. You know, and I have some clients who prefer it that way. They don't want to hear <laughs> the, the whole long story. Did we get it or did we not? You know, so typically with that type of relationship, it is that way. But always making sure to kind of take note. Like, hey, you know, not just pay your money and disappear. Pay attention to what they're doing because they could help you in the long run to further, you know, pitch yourself or pitch someone else that you're working with. Or even to me, like having that elevator speech that mm -hmm. people say that 30 second here you go is, is just as important for your publicist as it is for you mm -hmm. so when your publicist throws you into that partnership or you book that event are you going to be able to hold your own or do you need the publicist in front of you grabbing the mic preamping you you know like that is something too i always say like you need to have that game plan spelled out for not only your team but for yourself in the long run Awesome. Well, I could keep going. Yeah. So I want to be respectful for your time. But uh, where can we find you if anyone wants to get in contact with you? Yeah. So my website is probably the best, caseypetersonpr.com. It's spelled a little tricky. So Peterson is P as in Paul, E, D as in David, E-R-S-E-N-P-R.com. All social media channels are at caseypetersonpr.
All right, that does it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. And I would love your help. This podcast is brand new, so I need all the help I can get. If you would, just subscribe to the podcast, leave a five-star rating. I really, really would appreciate it. And last but not least, I got a little something for you. For the last 10 years, I have been writing, shooting, producing, editing my own video to get my dream job as an entertainment reporter in Los Angeles interviewing the stars. Now, that might not be your dream, but if you are in this industry and you are in this field, you are going to need to learn how to write, shoot, and edit, produce your own content. Now, I want to personally train you on these skills so you can create your own journey and make money while doing so. So what I want you to do now is log on to Facebook and request to be in my private Facebook group, on camera professionals once again it is called on camera professionals but wait thomas i really like your stuff i really want to learn from you but i don't want to be on camera don't worry i got you covered in this group i'm going to be doing a live training so that means live tips and tricks i'm going to do giveaways freebies and i'm also going to do personalized training so once again log on to facebook and type in on camera professionals